Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thank you very much for joining us. Busy podcast ahead of us. We're going to talk about the opportunities in AI and hear more about the Ignite program at UCC. But first off, Local Enterprise Week is back and there is a huge amount on the agenda this year. And I'm delighted to be joined by the head of enterprise with Cork City Council's Local Enterprise Office, Dr. Niall O'Keefe. Niall, how are you? Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, it is uh, another busy local enterprise week coming up in March. Tell us, first of all, the dates. Well, the, the event this year is March 4th to 8th. Uh, that's a national set date. And as you're aware, the, the purpose of, of local enterprise week is twofold. The first one is to create awareness of, of the offerings that are available and for people to come along and in some instances get a taster of some of the offerings that we have. One of the things that you do is you bring all these people together, those who have established businesses, those who are thinking of establishing businesses and have this wonderful shared collective experience. I mean, in theory, it sounds kind of dull, but it's far from it. It's important to remember that in the last year, over 2,000 people have received some form of training uh, from the local enterprise office in Cork City alone across a broad range. And, And again, we're hoping that the samples and, and the examples that will happen between March 4th and 8th will give people an appetite to go further and explore more. And also, you know, in the last year, we've handed out our, there have been grants in the region of €750,000 um, provided to business on a match funding basis to help them grow and to expand and to export and to employ. So, again, the purpose of this is to create awareness of the offerings that will help people to sustain themselves, to grow, to expand, to employ and to export. And mm. I mean, we, we often make the point that small businesses are the backbone of the Irish economy and indeed the Cork economy, but we, we don't celebrate it enough, really, do we? Well, the overwhelming majority of people in employment in Cork City work for an SME. Um, and yes, we're, we're grateful that we have significant FDI in the city and almost 50,000 people working for those. But the majority of people are working for SMEs. And we want to give those people the, the, the tools and the skills and the confidence to grow and to expand. So when we are dealing with Local Enterprise Week, I mean, it's it's all on the website, isn't it? You go and you sign up on localenterprise.ie, click on Cork City, and, and all, pretty much you get to see everything that's there, don't you? That's it. I mean, it's, it's an online booking system. It's important to point out that everything is free, Jonathan. So if you're interested or you're curious about something, and if you don't mind, I, I just give a broad range of, of some of what we're uh, promoting in this particular week. Um, we, we have a lot of partners. Um, on Monday, for example, we're working with... Um, MTU, and we're looking at the potential impact and the vulnerability for SMEs in terms of cybersecurity risks. Um, So that's really interesting. It's as broad as um, the event that we have in relation to export. Huge number of businesses taking advantage of opportunities to export, um, particularly with Brexit, has created opportunities for Cork businesses to expand and grow. So we've got an event on on Tuesday in the Kingsley Hotel. Again, all of the information is is online. Uh, we have a very interesting event happening in the Crown Centre, which is going to be an introduction to uh, employment opportunities for people with disabilities. Uh, again, that's on, on the Tuesday in the Crown Centre in Ballincollig. So, you know, there, there's a huge broad range. Uh, again, if your business is growing and expanding, we have a, an event that we're doing in partnership with our, our colleagues in, in the Leo Cork South. And uh, it's in County Hall. And it's the title is All in a Day's Work. But it's talking about how to be more efficient and more effective mm. being and in, all, in lean and digital. 
Um, and you, you, you and I will also be attending an event on the Friday in the Vienna Woods Hotel. I think Simon Coveney, the Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, will be at that one as well, which is Resilience for Business Success, a lunch and learn exercise. That's right, John. I mean, look, the, the reality is that anyone in business has been through a lot, particularly of late. Every business on a daily basis is dealing with something, whether it's recruitment and retention, whether it's rising costs. Um, COVID, dare I mention it again still, but it created huge challenges for people. And resilience was key to people um, staying in business. But some businesses are actually coming out and they're getting stronger and they're thriving. So we're going to have an open debate, an open discussion, a panel discussion, with some very interesting um, people who have a lot to say about resilience. So again, all of the information will be online uh, Friday the 8th in the uh, Vienna Woods Hotel. Um, you launched a booklet last year, which was Business Development in Cork, which is an entrepreneur's guide for, for last year. The, the same rules apply in 2024, but it kind of pulled together all the experiences and the advice from businesses who've gone down the road already now. How important is that for people who are making the plunge and, and setting up their own business? Well, Jonathan, the, the positive is that the ecosystem in Cork is very, very strong, particularly for supporting businesses that are looking to manufacture or trade internationally. Um, but what we did with the booklet last year is that we mapped the ecosystem and, and we included a number of spotlights, about 10 spotlights businesses who gave their um, case studies or, or experiences. So we've revised that booklet this year because, again, the offerings are increasing um, in terms of opportunities for businesses. So we've revised the booklet. We had about 4,000 um, uh, downloads last year, which is very significant, you know, but we had 2,500 businesses started in the previous 12 months. So that gives you the indication of the level of numbers and interest. And what we're delighted to see is that people, by skimming through the book, they're getting signposted local enterprise office first in most instances, but looking at things like the Ignite program, New Frontiers, um, uh, you know, various other offerings that are available from File to Ireland now, from SEAI, right across all of the, I suppose, the challenges within business. What is the mm -hmm. solution? And hopefully this booklet signpost people towards where the answers are. Now, we know Red Business and Focus, which is the partner uh, video podcast to this audio podcast, is sponsored by your good selves at the local enterprise office. And I'm always fascinated at the people coming in and the help that they've gotten. It isn't necessarily always going to be one or the other. They, they, they tend to have benefited from more than one program. So, I mean, how, how have the programs, I think you've been involved in local enterprise for about 12 years, how have the programs evolved to meet the changing needs? Well, we, we have to name uh, remain, I suppose, nimble and, and reflective of what the market is. So um, on our mentoring panel, we have almost 50 different mentors uh, with a broad range of skills. And when we have conversations with uh, business owners, entrepreneurs about where they are on their journey, we can signpost people to mentoring free of charge for up to nine hours, which will help them. And it could be general business. It could be about tax and VAT. Uh, it could be um, around how to use TikTok. For sales so we we need to i suppose be responsive to the needs um you know this program this podcast is about ai um we have run programs on chat gpt how can we be more effective effective in in using technology again to drive down costs and increase revenue it's all fascinating stuff and will be discussed throughout Local Enterprise Week, which is running in March. You can get all the details on localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City. Dr. Niall O'Keefe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you very much, Jonathan. 
Now, when you have a great new startup idea and you want to expand it into something that works and grows for you, then there's lots of different options out there nowadays, thankfully. One of the best that is out there is Ignite, which is a part of University College Cork. Director Eamon Curtin has been on the programme before. He's back again. Eamon, how are you? Jonathan, I'm great. Thank you. Um, To those who are unfamiliar, just outline to us what does Ignite do? What we've put together, Jonathan, over the last 10 years at this stage is a comprehensive program of workshops, seminars, guest speakers, access to mentor networks, industry contacts, use of our workspace here in the Western Gateway building to support recent graduates to take an idea from early stage Uh, idea stage, in fact, uh, and bring it to a point where they've raised investment and are are, have paying customers and can take the business on to the next level um, beyond Ignite. Now, of course, UCC is where you're based, but you're not limiting it just to UCC graduates. You can be a graduate of any college and still take part in the programme. No, absolutely. Yeah, our, our, our remit is about supporting recent graduate entrepreneurship uh, and indeed we're open to uh, graduates from any higher level institution in the country uh, to come to UCC and develop their startup idea with us. Um, I have to say one of the most successful, most prominent graduates of the Ignite programme someone I use almost on a daily basis now when I'm trying to book the gym to still continue to pretend that I'm healthy uh, and, and that's Legit Fit um, who many people will be familiar with, with their own gym and booking their sessions. They started out in Ignite, didn't they? They did indeed, yeah. It's a couple of years back now um, where we worked with Ryan O'Neill and uh, Ian O'Sullivan um, who were directly on the programme and then Garode Collins was a uh, uh, working on the technology in the background there. But we worked with Ryan and Ian to develop their commercial proposition. Um, and indeed, they followed a journey very similar to a lot of the startups we work with in that the the, the early idea was was a little different to what they ended up with. Uh, and in the early stage, we put a lot of emphasis on customer engagement. So actually understanding who's going to use your product, why are they going to use it, what value are they getting from it, how, much, how many of those customers exist, how much will they pay for a solution. Um, and really testing that and validating that so that um, uh, when they begin to build out a product and service, they know then they're going to get good good customer engagement and turn it into a successful business. That's one of the things that when you speak to businesses, they have to learn. Um, everybody thinks their idea is the best thing since sliced bread until they realise that the customers moved on from sliced bread and they want bagels now instead. You know, How difficult are those conversations to have, Eamon, given that you've had more than one of them over the years? I think it comes down to the the attitude of the founder or the founding team. And so we do sometimes find people come to us and they have a very specific idea of their product and all they want to do is build a product. Very typically, it's I have an idea for an app and I want to launch the app in the app store. Um, and there just needs to be that openness to, to, to look beyond that and to think, well, it's great to have an app in the app store, but if nobody is downloading it, nobody's using it, it's not much value. And, and so the, the, the folks that would have most success are the ones that are open in the early stages to to maybe demonstrating to the customers what they're planning to do and then keep their mouth shut and listen very hard to how customers respond to that. In terms of how easy or difficult it might be for the founders, I think in the early stages, what we often encourage the guys we work with to do is to go out and speak to customers and ask them, what are they doing in this space at the moment? So you're not necessarily trying to tell them how you're going to solve it. You're trying to understand a bit more about what they're currently doing and what their difficulties might be. And are are there any 
compelling problems in there and then looking to bring those conversations back to a so if we came to you with a product that solved a b and c is that that's something you'd be interested in and then if you're getting a number of customers nodding their heads and saying yes well now you've got something to start to work on and build on it's it's kind of a fulfilling job that you have Eamon because you get to kind of see these like great ideas coming through now not all of them are going to succeed in fact the majority of them probably won't uh, but every now and then you 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 see someone has it it's a little bit like x factor uh, for for entrepreneurs i know you hate that analogy but it it, it is what it is yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no question. It, it's hugely fulfilling to see. And if you just look back over, you, you talked about legit fit a little earlier on, but what Shannon O'Reilly is doing with Trust Dish in terms of allergy management and what Claire Meskel has done with Thalia in terms of, of giving people with Parkinson's and, and other situations where they've got poor strength of voice to be able to do their, their speech therapy at home. Uh, the mind mechanic with Emily Murphy and um, Volt Robotics with, with Elvis and Jamie and developing some technologies around second life of car batteries. So, you know, it's it's fantastic to see all these great ideas coming through. And I think importantly, though, the real impact that they can have on people's lives, social impact, environmental impact uh, in some small ways changing the world. And Damon, of course, you get a lot of support from others as well. I mean, you're you're with UCC, but there's other sponsors and partners with, with whom these types of businesses should be engaging anyway. Sure, but I think particularly we, we, we do need to call out Bank of Ireland, who have been stalwart partners of the programme since it began in, in the 2011-2012 or thereabouts. Uh, the three local enterprise offices in, in uh, Cork, uh, Cork City, South Cork and North and West Cork, uh, and indeed... Our two local authorities, Cork City Council and Cork County Council, have over many years uh, been stalwart partners of the programme and providing us with the resources that we need to to put together what is a world-class programme. How can people get in contact with you? How regularly do you take people in? Uh, we run a, a rolling programme. I think it's important to say, Jonathan, probably one significant unique value proposition that we have is the flexibility of the program. So we um, are open to take applications in every three months. And we aim to have a cohort of 20 startups that we're working with at any point in time. Uh, and those startups can join us on, a, on a every three months. And then we'll progress on wherever is appropriate for their business. So for some, their, their Ignite journey might be six months. For others, it might be nine. It might be 12. It might even be 15 months depending on on the time it takes to get from that idea stage to that uh, investor readiness, customer readiness uh, situation. So we've got that flexibility. In terms of finding us, it's ignite.ucc.ie. So fairly simple to remember. And uh, that's where they get all the information and indeed a link to the application form uh, for our current application process, which closes on the 26th of February. Okay, well, that's uh, good to know. We have that date. Eamon Curtin of Ignite at UCC. An absolute pleasure and good luck in finding the next big thing. Wonderful. Jonathan, thank you very much. One of the things that absolutely terrifies people at the moment is AI, artificial intelligence. And businesses are doing the same thing they've always done with something new. They're burrowing their head in the sand until they have to do something about it. Well, my next guest is someone who can help guide your business on how to harness the opportunities of AI. Geraldine Magner, how are you? Hi, Jonathan. Um, Great to be with you. Thanks for this opportunity to talk with you. And hopefully take some of the fear out of um, the AI um, topic. 
Yeah, it is fearful. Now, you are the director, co-founder. It is Ideal Analytics, I think, is it? Yes, um, Idro Analytics. Idro, um, there you go. Well, yes. well, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. So Idro Analytics, we're an indigenous AI and advanced analytical company. Actually, we're 20 years old, so we um, are not just one of those companies that has come about because AI has become trendy. So we deal in machine learning, um, and we also have a the first indigenous AI ethics center set up many years ago. So we were ahead of the curve that way also, Jonathan. But, so, um, I mean, in other words, you've been doing this a long time. Everyone else is kind of coming a little bit late to the party, but it's fair that AI has been supercharged in the last couple of years. Um, no doubt about it. Um, I suppose I, the other item is AI is not a new technology. However, it has, as you say, supercharged, particularly in the last 18 months behind the scenes. Um, there has been huge developments and advancements in, in AI itself. But I guess last year in November, AI hit the market um, or the world in a new way that it had never done before. And I guess, Jonathan, what I mean by that is AI no longer was the preserve of deep pockets or particular large organizations. Fundamentally, it became a toy accessible to everybody. And when everybody gets it, that means that uh, it's good for AI because it learns more, but it's bad for people trying to work out what's actually happening and what's not. I mean, you know, one of the things you teach is ethics in AI. I mean, people are bound to try and cut corners, aren't they? I, do you know what? They're bound to cut corners. I think um, that's that might be an old school approach to trying to, you know, get there faster. But we have so many... Um, I suppose, a new generation of taught leaders who are saying, no, we have to put guardrails up to what can happen. And I think we have a new mindset and in, in that's, you know, in new world order, that's, that's, I can't, we can't say that that's absolute and universal, but for sure we've had progress around, I suppose there's, there's two pieces to that, um, Jonathan. There is the educational aspect of it. And then there are the legal guardrails that have been set up through the EU AI Act. Now, I think more importantly, the act, it has been passed just this um, January. But what what's really important around ethical um, use and application of AI is the educational piece of um, it. People now know that they have it within their, their autonomy and agency to make right decisions. There's companies, for example, that don't want to just have their algorithms do what they want. They're coming uh, to us now and they're interested in knowing, how do I audit this to make sure that we don't have bias or that we're not being fair? They're mm. decisions that organizations are making in a, in, a, in a very conscious way. And that's outside of the mandatory. Um, and then, you know, I work um, alongside another organization around the educational piece on this, and that is Skillnet Ireland, who support businesses in Ireland. Um, around talent um, and having a, a you know a force of talent available and also moving them along with not just skills but also soft skills around AI and they're doing some fantastic hmm. work and I mean uh, one of the things you're doing was oh AI is going to take all our jobs it's going to take all our jobs no one will have a job left because it'll all be done by artificial intelligence but somebody has to work in AI as well and it's probably going to be a big growth areas so are, are you if you had the ear of young people now who are in secondary school, what would you say to them? Yeah, you know, 
it's an interesting one. We um we we don't have the exact jobs of the future in a factual sense, but certainly there's a lot of signals suggesting that there will be a need for AI ethicists. There will be a need for people. You know, a lot of items will be automated. And I suppose just to ad address a, a teeny point there that you mentioned, not everything will be made redundant. I mean, that's the fear of um, that this whole AI um, theme has had in the last while. I would say that we're now in a place where we can look forward to the opportunities that AI can afford us around. It's not that they're going to make certain jobs redundant. It's more tasks within certain jobs. So that would be the current workforce to, to okay. view it that way and that it can enhance your work. But then I suppose then to your latter point, which is the educational piece around um, what to go for if you're going to be looking into the future. We will always need people, their role to just be in, to, to be in, in oversight, even around maintenance of robotics. Um, coding will still be needed, not to the same degree as before, but there's certainly um, also I see a beautiful job in the future, believe it or not, is a one where it's nearly a relationship manager between human and um, the system, the AI system. OK, well, um, Camille, I, I mean, I can manage most relationships. I'm not sure if I could manage one between an AI interface and a human. But then again, there's always time <laughs> to learn. I might visit the website, idro.com. That's I-D-I-R-O.com. Geraldine Magner, director and co-founder of Idero Analytics. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with Geraldine. My pleasure, totally, Jonathan. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Shifra Clear was the producer. And don't forget, Red Business and Focus, with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices, is up now on the website, redfm.ie. We'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.